Good afternoon, patriots. You are listening to Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today, I'll talk about how we continue to be gaslit on the COVID narrative. Next, on Living with Liberty. We, we are being gaslit. Let me rephrase that. Those of us who still utilize legacy media as a source of information are the ones being gaslit. The latest narrative is the surging cases of COVID because of this supposedly deadly Delta variant. It's not deadly. The deaths from COVID are way down compared to this time last year. But the thing people fear most is death. So these media and bureaucratic hacks will keep throwing words around like deadly and people dying to keep you scared. Well, to keep those who continue to utilize legacy media instead of checking things out for themselves, they're the ones that are going to continue to be scared. Now, I would encourage you not to just take my word for it because I'm not going to get too in-depth on the deaths piece of the gaslighting here. So don't just take my word for it. I want you to view the data for yourself. I will drop the link to the CDC database in the description box where you can go and look up the deaths, uh, daily deaths for COVID and compare them from this point uh, last year to this point this year. You'll see that the deaths are, this thing isn't, deadly in the least. Now, what I will focus in on today, we'll get into right now. Like most viruses with this Delta variant, we are likely seeing a mutation that is more transmissible, certainly not more deadly. The surging cases piece is also debatable because as I look at the data, it could be classified as a seasonal swing of the disease. What we're looking at here, if you look year over year at the data of cases in that same database, you will look at last July, especially this last week of July last year, compared to the last week of July this year, the trend is the same. We should be hitting the peak and heading back down shortly here. Now, the most interesting, troubling, disconcerting, whatever you want to put it, however you want to put it, thing about all of this is we live in an age of human history where we have more information at our fingertips than any other generation. We have more information, access uh, access to information uh, faster than any other generation in human history. Yet, Many in society continue to just blindly believe whatever legacy media and the propagandists posing as elected officials and bureaucrats are telling them. Now, a simple search of that CDC uh, database that I'll drop in the description box, just searching that will show that the COVID cases are indeed following the same pattern at the same time as a year ago, as I mentioned before. One thing that can be seen in the COVID data is it seems to be uh, repetitive and follows a distinct pattern. Now, we saw in July of last year a summer increase in cases, 
probably a little after the 4th of July is when it started and peaked around the end of the month. We are seeing the same thing this July. The thing about the case increase this year is that on July 27th, we hit more cases than what we saw during last summer's peak. So last summer, during the peak, we saw a daily high case count of roughly 79,000. This year, on the 27th, just a few days ago, we saw a daily high case count of 82,000. And the next day, the 28th, went even higher to 86,000. Now keep in mind, this year is a little bit different in that we have a vaccine that a supposed, a reported 60% of adults have taken, plus the many millions who have had and recovered from the illness itself and should have antibody protection. So how does that work? We have more cases year over year measured at a comparable time period. And if you really think about it, at this point, 18 months into the pandemic, a vast majority of us have probably been exposed to the illness as we've gone about returning to our normally scheduled lives. And maybe we had not gotten sick from it, we hadn't shown outward symptoms because our immune systems took care of the threat before we saw those symptoms, also leaving us with antibodies. So how is it possible to have more cases now with the exposure many of us have undoubtedly seen going about our lives in public to the virus itself? How do we have more cases now with the number of people who have contracted the disease and recovered, giving them antibodies, as well as the number of people who have been vaccinated, whether they had the disease already or not. Something just doesn't add up here. The vaccine is supposed to work against the variants, yet we hear daily about more breakthrough cases, and they're using this justification to institute the mask guidance from the CDC again. That's a whole other show probably on that mess. The increase, though, is being blamed solely on the unvaccinated. But that is just gaslighting and demonization of people who continue to refuse to do what our buffoonish overlords tell us to do. They're getting mad because people are, they're they're trying to ram the vaccine down our throats and the people who have chosen not to take it still aren't going to take it no matter what incentives, no matter how much you shame, no matter how much you ram down your, our throats that this thing is good for us and no matter how many people you send to our door. We've made our decision. We're not going to change it. Now, to be fair, it is indeed likely that the majority of those cases are those who have not been vaccinated or and I'll throw this in here, or been exposed to enough of a viral load to have triggered an immune system response that would leave them with residual antibodies. Now, with what is seemingly a majority at this point of adults who have either been vaccinated or had the disease, we should not be seeing higher instances of illness than last year when we did not have the, uh, did not have the vaccine nor the amount of people exposed in public to maybe the, the virus that might have been out floating out in the public. 
we should not be seeing higher instances of illness this year with all that we've uh, endured and encountered and, and uh, put in place in terms of vaccines from this, you know, from last year. But we do. Is it because the vaccinated are actually shedding extra spike proteins? Now, before I get into that, I'm, I'm not a strict anti-vaxxer. Vaccines have been helpful in eradicating many diseases, many serious diseases, and are generally a good thing. What I respect the most is the people making the best choice for themselves. I fully respect that. If, if someone chose to get vaccinated, fine, that, that was your decision. I trust that you did all your homework and you felt it was right for you. Great. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be like the other side that constantly shames those that don't want to get the vaccine. And, you know, because my position is I, I kind of, uh, against this vaccine, I think it's unnecessary, but I'm not going to say when someone tells me they were vaccinated, I'm not going to go and say, well, what'd you do that for? What about all this? Did you think about that? Like the left does to, to, to those that choose not to get vaccinated, to try and shame us into getting it, to, to, to try and shame us into the group think. I'm, I, I respect those decisions, unlike those on the left. You do what's right for you. You choose to get vaccinated, you did all your homework, and you felt it was the right decision for you. Great. You did all the homework, you didn't get vaccinated, you chose not to get vaccinated. Great. Good for you. Fine. It affects only you and nobody else. What needs to be kept top of mind here, though, is that what we're in is right now is actually the clinical trial. And that'll be uh, important in a second here. Everyone taking this vaccine, taking the COVID-19 vaccine, is part of the largest clinical trial in history. And with clinical trials... There's still a lot of unknowns. Generally, medicines and vaccines take years to be vetted and commercialized for widespread use. This vaccine was created and distributed under an emergency use authorization in just nine months. Great, we got it fast, speedy, Trump delivered on that promise. Outstanding. But it hasn't gone through all the rigor that more established medicines and vaccines have. So that leaves plenty of questions. The COVID-19 has not completed all the typical trials that vaccines and medications usually undergo while they're still in development. And this could still be classified as something that's still in development. We're still learning a lot of stuff about side effects and what it does and what it doesn't. We still don't know what it's going to do to people that have taken it in two years. You would assume they're going to be fine, indications are, but we don't know. So because of that, there are a lot of unknowns in terms of what the effects of it are short and long term. There are questions on, getting back to my question before, are the people that are vaccinated because they are creating, it's creating that immune response, creating more of these spike proteins. So the body knows how to fight the virus off. Are they the ones shedding their excess spike proteins, which are in turn making the unvaccinated sick? It certainly seems like this should be something that we would explore. 
it seems like it would be possibly a, a, a scientific hypothesis we'd want to uh, use a scientific method on to explore and either um, prove that it's valid or disprove it. We have gotten away from science and that is going to hurt us in the long run. I think it's already hurting us with the, with how they push this vaccine and they, they sweep a lot of this stuff under the rug in terms, and I say they, in terms of the bureaucrats and the media, sweep a lot of the uh, effects, side effects, the symptoms and everything else under the rug. Now, what I'll do here is I'll give you a quick synopsis of some of the research I've found, some of the data I've found. And as always, I will put the links in the description box for you to check out for yourselves and draw your own conclusions and email me or reach out to me on social media and tell me what you think and tell me if I'm if I'm wrong or right or he, whatever <laughs> you know what whatever you think that's part of the being you know scientific about things is looking at the data and and looking at these experiments that are being done and and looking uh, to to prove or disprove something through a an organized method through rigor through an actual process other than somebody standing up front in on a on a news broadcast or an, on a podium and saying take this it's good for you and don't question me it's the science the science says it's okay well there's a lot more than just throwing saying the science throwing out there that the science says it's okay. Now, one of the links that I will uh, drop in the description box is some research that have been done by America's frontline doctors. Now, in uh, the, the link, in the, the um, brief that they put out, uh, I'll highlight two of the points here. Uh, and there, I believe it was a five-point list. Now, in point three, they make, in this brief they put out, it, this is what it says. The vaccine produces many trillions of particles of spike proteins in the recipient. Patients who are vaccinated can shed some of these spike protein particles to close contacts. The particles have the ability to create inflammation and disease in these contacts. In other words, the spike proteins are pathogenic or disease-causing, just like the full virus. What is more worrisome, it continues on in point three, is that a person's body is being suddenly flooded with 13 trillion of these particles and the spike proteins bind more tightly than the fully intact virus. Because of biomimicry on the spike shedding, or, or excuse me, because of the biomimicry on the spike, shedding appears to be causing why a wide variety of autoimmune disease. And that, of course, is where the body attacks its own tissue in some persons. Now it says in some persons, not all. Worldwide cases of pericarditis, shingles, pneumonia, blood clots in the extremities and brain, Bell's palsy, vaginal bleeding, and miscarriages have been reported in persons who are near persons. Don't miss that have been reported in persons who are near persons who have been vaccinated. In addition, we know the spike proteins can cross the blood-brain barrier, unlike traditional vaccines. 
a couple key things there. The assumption here being, and one that um, we'll work back from from most recent to what I read before. It's near persons who have been vaccinated, so that would include other vaccinated people or unvaccinated people. Is is the Im, uh, implied uh, kind of study here that these things were seen in people? who have been vaccinated, who have just been near people, near other people who have been vaccinated. The other key thing here is that these spike proteins from the from the vaccine that the body uh, uh, generates are disease-causing, just like the full virus. Now, shouldn't this be something that, if we were really following scientific rigor here, we would, be, we would actually be looking at? Legacy media has done all they can to discredit America's frontline doctors. But what have they been wrong about? They were the, some of the first ones on the hydroxychloroquine train. And that was later confirmed as being a viable, uh, a viable treatment uh, when, when uh, combined with uh, a ZPAC. And even the legacy media outlets later begrudgingly reported that it was a viable treatment for COVID. The frontline doctors warned us about unforeseen side effects of an unvetted medical treatment. And we've seen those come true in the pericarditis and the Bell's palsy cases, among the other ailments that are, uh, we're seeing uh, day to day that are generated by the vaccine. In my book, as I look at things, America's frontline doctors are among the few right now in the scientific or medical community worth listening to and taking what they have into careful consideration. And I say careful consideration. I'm not saying take it as gospel. They call it medical practice for a reason. It's because it's still a science. It's still experimental. But I say this, it's worthy of careful consideration and further uh, study if we're going to trust and follow science, shouldn't this be part of proving or disproving uh, a hypothesis here? I mean, I'll admit what they've got here is is indeed a, it's a, their hypothesis. It's observations they've made and come to some sort of testable uh, statement that that they can do more study on. I would say, yeah, right now it's it's not the gospel truth. I would say it's definitely at a hypothesis stage. I don't know the sample size they're working with here in terms of their observations. But it's a hypothesis worthy of exploration as it could be a potential side effect of the vaccine. It could offer a potential explanation for why we are seeing more people, more cases right now, this July, last week of July, 2021, when we have treatments and vaccines and many, many, many people exposed to the virus over last July when we had none of those things. Everything says that as we've gone along, we should see less cases this year over last year, and the data says we're not. That's what we've got to look at. We have to explore that. We have to put scientific rigor around 
to see if this offers a solution to the question of why there are more cases this year over last year, last week of July. Now, what the uh, frontline doctors here outline, it does sound serious, and it needs to be investigated with the scientific rigor in order to affirm or disprove this hypothesis they have put forth. It's obviously a big statement, and given what we have been told about vaccines and antibodies, may offer a reason, as I said, as to why cases are higher now with more people that have been exposed to the illness and vaccinated over last year with no vaccine and people still being exposed, still emerging from lockdowns to, and, you know, where they haven't been exposed to a new illness. Now, on to the fourth point in this Frontline Doctors Bulletin. It says this, AFLDS is concerned that some children will become COVID symptomatic after their parents and teachers get vaccinated. This concern does not relate to risk from infection. Indeed, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Children's Hospital Association, approximately 1.6% of children with a known case of COVID-19 have been hospitalized. So you have 98.4% of the children who didn't, you know, had COVID did not get hospitalized. So, you know, take that as the vast majority of, of kids who contracted don't even see the hospital. So you have 1.6% percent of children with a known case of COVID-19 that have been hospitalized and 0.01% have died. Not 1%, not 0.1%, 0.10% have died. So that means that 99.99% of the children who have been hospitalized with COVID have walked out of that hospital. Now this point goes on. Rather, public health bureaucrats might use these cases of breakthrough transmission or symptoms to speculate that a child's illness is related to a SARS-CoV-2 variant, when in reality, it is a reaction to the vaccine. Our other concern is that children's uh, children could develop long-term chronic autoimmune disease, including neurological problems due to the fact that the children have decades ahead of them and trillions of the spike proteins mentioned above and being exposed to that or even having it if their parents got them vaccinated. And I'll have another study that backs up this autoimmune disease concern in a little bit here. Now, these sound like legitimate concerns that should be investigated, right? If we are doing science, shouldn't we be looking at why those who are vaccinated are getting ill? And why the case numbers are higher than last year when we now have more people with antibodies, whether it be from a vaccine or exposure? Frontline doctors are not the only ones, though, to raise this idea of vaccinated people shedding the excess spike proteins or getting sick because of it. I'll link an article by Dr. J. Bart Klassen, who is an immunologist, that outlines the concerns 
he has about the vaccine causing prion disease in those who take it. Now, bottom line here of this piece is that his concern is that the vaccine may be inducing things like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. Tie that back to what I just uh, spoke about in point four of the frontline doctor's brief, where it says the children being exposed to this are at risk for developing neurological diseases. Again, shouldn't we be checking these things out? Part of science is proving or disproving that the hypotheses that are generated are valid or invalid. It, it, you, it, it's, that's part of the process. We're not doing that. We're skipping that step. The scientific method has been thrown by the wayside here as COVID and the vaccine have just become political tools for control. If people are to trust the science, then it cannot be politicized. The rigor of the scientific method must play out to prove or disprove these hypotheses. These should be front and center, and somebody should be working on them and studying them to see if these are viable uh, reasons why we're seeing cases go up. The concerns raised by America's frontline doctors and Dr. Klassen should be put under the scrutiny of the scientific method. And I think both of those uh, entities would agree with that, that here's our hypothesis. Put it, I put it out there so we can challenge it and see if it's true or not. We need to be putting them under the scrutiny of the scientific method to see if they do indeed offer an explanation as to why cases are on the rise when we have had so many people vaccinated and exposed to the coronavirus. If we don't allow for that to happen, there will be a continued mistrust by people in the medical profession and scientific communities for a long time to come that will not be easily reversed. Think about Tuskegee experiments and how to this day members of the black community Avoid going to the doctor because they know the history of that. That is the path we are on now with these liars and frauds in the medical and scientific community who are trying their best to hide the, the side effects, to hide the, the, the effectivity of this vaccine and are just pushing it because they want control. We are in... Uh, going down a dangerous road here in terms of uh, having trust in actual, real, rigorous science. Now, before I sign off for today, I want to let you all know that I'm taking a two-week hiatus. And just a little time to refresh and recharge as we head into the home stretch of summer and you know, soon into fall. I plan on being back with new shows the week of August 16th. I just want to thank you all for your support and listenership. I truly appreciate the time out of your day you all choose to spend with me in listening to my show. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my past shows, my original articles, 
as well as other resources to help arm you with the knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. While on my website, shop my store, Living with Liberty Outfitters. Lastly, I'd be so grateful if you subscribed to the show and left a positive review should your listening platform allow. Subscribing helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. Follow me on Parlor and Gab. My handle on both is at livingwithliberty. You can also go to the contact page of my website and email me or follow the links there to my social media pages. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.